0: Hello, good morning. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Easter Sunday at FGA Melbourne. (laughs) My goodness. What um, I am so thankful uh, for the people at FGA, for the many, many people who have put um, not just today together, but really um, that have contributed to making FGA sort of work. It's been fun actually to see All of the things that are going on behind the scenes, not just in the lead up to today, but every week at FGA. Whether it's the kids holiday program, the choir, worship, home groups, food, food prep. Uh, I I think my dad and Fing this week cooked like a hundred meals for kids you know, and then, and then he's out there still cooking uh, today. I also want to say a big thank you to the two items um, that we had today. So much work has actually gone behind the scenes to so the choir item uh, and the skit. And uh, you, you may not know this, but I know that because of COVID and the many quarantines that have taken place, my goodness, the last few weeks, all of our teams have had to juggle, sub in people and out, uh, miss rehearsals, have rehearsals with like a quarter of the people there, and they've pulled it together. Even, um, I. okay, my slides are out of order. So, um, if you could, oh, have you, perfect, thank you. No worries. Uh, If you could put up the, picture that Winky drew. I don't know if you know this, but the illustrations in the 10 plagues, like I just thought, I don't know, we googled some image or, or put something, but it turns out Winky, who's on our broadcast team, drew every image digitally from scratch. I'm like, did you do this from scratch? From scratch? I'm like, ah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, So again, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Pastor Chris Ong. I'm the senior pastor here at FGA. You know, you may not know this, but I grew up in this church. I grew up here at FGA. Uh, we weren't, you know, I was here when we first started. We weren't always multiple services with multi-worship teams. We didn't have a place of our own. We didn't have a kitchen that cooks, you know, a hundred meals for kids or whatever. Um, I was just like a teenager playing guitar. Now they won't even let me play guitar, you know. Met my wife at the church. Uh, you know, it, it, it reminds me that life is always moving forward. You know, we, we, don't, we don't stay still in, in, in life. The world is always changing. Time Keeps moving forward. So one way to look at it is we're either, we're either growing or we're dying. Or maybe we're, we're stuck. A little bit like Moses in that play. Or the slaves of Egypt. Yes, we had a, like a Malaysian Moses. I actually, it's very surprising, but I personally know a lot of Moseses. I got like three friends. For some reason, I don't know why, Malaysia is very enamored with the name Moses. Um, but, you know, when, when we meet them in the play, they are stuck, right? It was, if life was just a snapshot, if life never moved forward and you're just a picture, not a film reel, then Moses would be still in hiding. The slaves would still be in slavery. You've come to church today on Easter Sunday. And I actually don't know where you are in life right now. I don't know what the picture of your life is right now, but you are aware of it, right? You know exactly where you are in life, how things are going for you today. All I can do is just remind you that where you are right now, the things that you're going through, they're just... They're just one snapshot of your life. This is just a moment in time for all of us. So, if I could ask this question, what determines then where we go next. If we know things are going to roll forward, if we know time rolls forward, if your snapshot right now of whatever's going on in your life is not the entire story of your life, where does your life go after today? You know, we've all had a crazy two years. It seems like a limbo kind of two years where we can't even remember it. Did something happen last year or did it happen... Two years ago, I, I'm a little bit blur, right? And now that we're all released, some of you you're, you're, you're traveling, you're, you're going out, you're meeting people, you're, you're trying to get on with your life. You're trying to move on forward with your life. Today, the actual topic of my sermon is reasons. I don't know if you've picked it up from the play, but the play focused on all these reasons that stop people from moving forward. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for today. Thank you for Easter Sunday, and thank you for Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that even as I speak, that you would be here. That would not be my words, Lord God, but it would be yours. Holy Spirit, we invite you here into this place to speak to every single one of us, no matter where we are in life right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, there's a reason why you are where you are. There's a reason why you are not fitter. Why you're not stronger. Why you're not happier. There's a reason. Looking at reasons is good because if we do the hard work of looking at reasons, then we can treat the root cause of things. Right? I mean, we don't just want to look at the outward symptoms of stuff. If you are if you're a doctor, and I know Asian church, so many doctors around here, right? You look for root causes. You look for reasons why is this person having a fever? Why is this person? the way they are. This Easter, we are taking a slightly different approach to the standard Easter message. I don't know if you gathered that from the play or the long announcement about food, but this is going to be a little bit different. It's fairly common knowledge to have heard about Jesus and that he died on the cross. I imagine even if you're not a Christian, you at some level you've heard of the name Jesus and you've seen a you've seen a cross. Perhaps you might even already know that today we're celebrating the fact that He not only died on the cross, but that He rose from the dead. Our choir item reminded us, actually, that Jesus is risen. The Bible and the Gospels, they give us a good historical account of what happened and explains why Jesus had to die for us. I want to encourage you to, to read that for yourselves. You can just grab the, any Bible. You can find it online even, right? Pick any of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and skip to the end of that. The whole ending, the culmination of these amazing Gospel books is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, instead of just talking about that for the entire time, I want to ask the question, The reason's question. Why is the resurrection of Jesus not affecting you more? Why is Easter not having this amazing transformational effect for you? That maybe you you, you think you come here and then you you watch a choir item and you see a skit and you hear a guy speak and you're imagining, yeah, you know what? Tomorrow is going to be kind of the same. Why is that? Why is it? Because I've been pastoring now for almost 20 years and I've seen Easter's come and go, come and go, and come and go. And there is a reason why people can come to church every Sunday, listen to stuff, and never change. I want to tackle some of these reasons. Why isn't Easter more transformative in our personal lives today? You know, you've heard us say this many times over the pulpit. But here at FGA, we are really not interested in playing church. Nobody here is like, oh my goodness, let's put on the most amazing performance. We better get this thing right. I mean, it's pretty good. Like, I'm so thrilled at what FGA puts together. But we've got teenage drummers through the people who are singing for the first time. in their life. like, uh, James had to sub in for somebody, right? To like... We're more concerned, actually, about being the real thing. It's not so much that this sermon is going to be the most professional sermon ever. My hope is that it has a real impact on your life. You know, we've spent ages looking at how we can cultivate genuine faith at home. That was our theme for last year. And this year, we're looking at how we can apply God's wisdom to our everyday real life. So, I want to apologize if you are just hearing the Easter story for the first time today. I'm going to skip through a lot of like the standard stuff. Because today, we're going to be looking at why Easter isn't affecting you the way it's supposed to. Because it certainly has affected the world before this time. It has brought about major transformation in the world today and all of us are here in Australia because, at some level, because of the global transformation that took place over the Easter event. Today is for you. I know. We're celebrating Christ and Christ risen from the dead And yes, it is about Jesus, but it is for you. But it is for you. Because Jesus didn't die on the cross and rise from the dead for himself. Jesus wasn't flexing his ability, oh, look at me and what I can do. There's something about the Easter event that is meant to be transformative for you. For your life, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, there's a reason. There is something that is sitting underneath. So I'm going to split my sermon into two parts. There are two kinds of reasons. There are two kinds of reasons. All right, so the first part of this message, um, food doesn't come out till 12 o'clock. I'll finish early, we have to reorganize this whole sanctuary because there's so much eating going on. We're going to be stacking the chairs, we're going to pull out the tables, we're going to turn this whole place into canteen. So I'm going to go till maybe about like 11.45, just to sort of set your expectations. But I want to talk about reasons in two discrete sections, if I could. And I'm hoping that it will help you today, that you've, you've made the time and effort to come in today on Easter Sunday, and there will be, I'm hoping, something for you as you move past this one snapshot of your life and you begin tomorrow, the next day, the next day after that. The first reason that we can have is uh, it's been alluded to a little bit in the skit and in the song, right? Well, the first reason is fake reasons that we make up for ourselves. Why, why is it that we are not fitter, stronger, happier? Why are we stuck in the things that we're stuck in? Why can't we transform and change? Well, sometimes the thing that's stopping us is a reason that we just give ourselves like an excuse, like an excuse. They, they hold us back. They stop us from even trying because I, oh, you know what? I'm just too shy. I'm not, I can't, I can't really do that thing, you know. You, you don't know me, but I, I'm not a good talker. I'm not, I'm not the exercise kind of person, Whatever. There's a reason, right? There's a reason why you haven't stepped out into that new thing. Why you haven't changed the life that you currently have that you maybe don't even like that much. We all do this, right? We all do this at some level. We all tell ourselves fake kind of reasons. Why didn't you do your homework? Why are you not exercising enough? There's a fine line between a reason and an excuse, which I'm going to call a fake reason. There's a reason why I'm late. You know, you call your friends, hey, you know, I'm sorry I'm late. And we all know what the reason is why you're late. It's traffic. <laughs> yes. Traffic is the real reason, 100% of the time, why you are are late, right? So you go, hey, sorry, sorry, man. I'm, I'm so late. Sorry. You wouldn't believe the traffic. You would not believe the traffic. Sure, sure, I woke up late, and maybe I watched a couple of YouTube videos in the morning, and then maybe I had to check on a couple of other things that I had to do before coming over, but oh, man, when I finally got into my car and I, I, I just drove to meet you, when I finally got a, there was some traffic, There was some traffic, I was like red light, there was like four cars in front of me. Traffic is the reason why I am late. Yes, traffic. Oh, 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 wait. Then why are you always late? Why are you always late? Wow. You see, it's a bit more complicated than that because it's that the reasons, they keep changing. They keep changing. It's always a different thing. It's just... I am an unfortunate victim of ever-changing circumstances that globally conspire to make me late all the time. Have we ever done that? I mean, that's all of us, me included. Fake reasons. Surely, right? Just ask yourself the question, why do you always, and then fill in the blank, why do you always skip going to the gym? Why do you always prefer to watch TV instead of spend time with your family? Why do you always? And just feel that if if you're not sure how to answer that question, why do you always fill the blank? Just turn around to your friend, your wife, your spouse, right? And ask them, why do I always... (laughs) And they will tell you either the reason that you fake gave them or they will come up with a reason. Because people do things for reasons. We like our reasons. We like our reasons. We we like them so much that even if we don't have one, we'll make one up. That's why they call it making excuses because you're like, well, you're a work hard it's got to be believable, you got to, right? You know, I'm an introvert. I'm not good with people. Ah, I'm not really super spiritual. You know, I'm not the spiritual gifted type. I can't pray for other people. I can't give you a prophetic word. If these were real reasons, if these were real reasons, then what about all the people who are introverted? Are you saying they can't I know heaps of introverted people that have made um, so many friends and impact in their communities and the neighborhoods they're in. I know people who are not super spiritual and they've prayed for others and they've heard from God. So it it can't be that can't be the real kind of reason, right? Like, can, can we just be honest today? Because there is an entire category of reasons that we just make up. Right? I'm not saying everything, but there exists a category, if we're, if we're very honest. A category of reasons that we make up that keep us the way we are. They keep us from talking to that new person in class. They keep us from taking that step, from reaching out to your parents who you're like, oh, you don't really get along with your parents anymore. You, don't really, you know why? There's a reason. There's a reason. And maybe you told yourself, oh, they don't love me. (laughs) I bet your parents love you. Maybe you don't like the way they love you. Maybe you don't like how they show it or, or something has happened. Maybe there's a reason. Surely there is something sitting behind whatever excuse there is that prevents you from moving forward. Because, you see, reasons on the surface, they seem reasonable, right? Of course. Why why are you not close to your spouse anymore? It's reasonable. I've got young kids. I mean, have you seen my schedule? We've got to drive here, we've got to drive there. She's here. I'm a morning person. She's a night person. We We don't really connect. Like, it's reasonable, you can understand that if you've got many kids, like, like Roger has or Quinton has, right? That over time, like, you just get busy. So our reasons, when we tell it to ourselves, or sometimes when we tell it to other people, it seems reasonable. So Moses would say, hey, you know what? I'm just like an average guy. How can I free an entire nation of slaves? it would be reasonable to give it a miss. Because our reasons, when we start listening to them, they're in the plausible category. You know, a fake reason, a fake reason doesn't need to be true in order for it to have an effect in your life. It actually can prevent you from from moving forward. It can stifle your life. It can be completely fake. You can full-on make up the thing. It doesn't even have to be true, and it can have an effect on your life. All you have to do is you just have to rely on it. You just have to give it power. You just have to keep saying that reason again and again, and then just accept it. That's right. I'm never going to be a reader. I can't read. I'm not a reader. I don't. I don't like reading books. I'm not of the nerdy type. Great. Fine. You know what? You're not going to read books then. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says this, that the heart is deceitful, Above all things and desperately sick, who can understand? There is something in us that when we just listen to whatever feels right or whatever comes to our head, when we give our responses out to people, there's something about our own heart that says, you know what, I'm just going to trick myself. I'm just going to trick myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really a late person, you know, I'm not really a... And then you just you deceive yourself ever so slightly that there's something a little bit sick about us. Um, you know, I've been pastoring now for almost 20 years. And you see something um, when you spend this long just talking with people and working with families as a, as a pastor does. I, I see that actually we all make up reasons. We all. Like I have counseled divorcing couples, Families that don't get along with their parents, I've, I, you know, really, really tragic situations, right? I've seen it. And, and, and as a pastor, you hear the reasons. People give you reasons. But I wanna, can we, if we could just flip it for a moment, did you know that that person who has hurt you? That person who's betrayed you, who's let you down, the, 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 the person who you're like, oh man, I'm not going to talk to this person anymore. Or, they've hurt me so much. This is why I don't... Like, that person, did you know, they have reasons in their own head why they hurt you, why they have ignored you, or, or why they've done what they've done. Everybody has reasons after a while Of pasturing, you just see the reasons on this side, you see the reasons on this side, seems reasonable on this side, seems reasonable on this side, you see all reasons everywhere. And you ask yourself this question Are these real reasons? Are we even talking about the real thing? I've also discovered that there's something in me that makes up reasons. I've been gaining weight. Over COVID, yeah, but you know the real reason—it's COVID. COVID, yes. Maybe I can blame the government. <laughs> I don't know, but but there is a reason why I've gained weight over the last two years, right? And there's something even in me that makes up reasons isn't it true that sometimes our reasonable reasons they're just made up excuses that's why i love growing up i love growing up at fga uh it could be any church Uh, if you're visiting from another church i want to encourage you to go to the church that god has placed you in Uh, it's great to have you here but you know growing up in church uh, i grew up at fga It was so good because there were uncles and aunties and friends and mates that actually they didn't believe the excuses that I gave them, right? That's one of the great things about church. They don't leave you sitting there just like Moses, right? They go, no, 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 you can talk. Yes, you can volunteer. Why don't you get involved with the play? Why don't you go help out in Sunday school? Why don't you go and do things in our community? They encouraged me to reconcile with my family they encouraged me to forgive to volunteer to try to grow that's why i that's one of the things i love about church and about christ because jesus's victory at the cross what i love about this real world story of how christianity got started is that it is possible for a ragtag group of unknowns who are poor and had every excuse not to be significant It's possible for them to move forward and change the world. So it's, I mean, you could, this Easter, look at the Easter story and coming to church this Sunday, looking at the musical skit and everything, it could in some way inspire you maybe to break past what you thought was previously impossible and try something new, to move past a fake reason. Jesus would lead the complete transformation of the world and he would, like Moses, set his people free. So that Christians who were at the bottom of the rung persecuted and killed would eventually overturn the very Roman Empire that oppressed it. These are real things that have happened in our world. Moses himself would have to move past the excuses that he told himself and step out of his comfort zone. So I I think it would be some kind, some kind of a win for you this easter if you were able to say wow i'm glad i came to church today i think i need to think about the fake reasons that are holding me back and maybe not everything that i'm telling myself is a hundred percent true maybe i can step into leadership maybe i can reconcile Maybe I can excel in my studies and my work. Maybe I can get fitter. Maybe I can improve my prayer life. Maybe I can make a difference in my community and the poor. I can because maybe Jesus inspires me. I feel like that's a little bit of a win. But that's just the first part of today's message. And it's not even the most powerful it's not even the it's not even the real powerful thing because today there are two reasons this is the big joke that i've been like prepping yes there's reason and reason <laughs> I don't. actually i know this is the this is the high bar of <laughs> okay yeah 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 but you may not know this but actually all the items were done independently. And actually, when I gave the instructions to the drama team to come up with the skit, I said, make a skit called Excuses, right? And then I let the choir just pick any song they wanted. And it turns out they did Risen, and then the drama team ended up calling their, because they couldn't fit the word Excuses into the Bruno song. So, <laughs> so, then, so then it became reason. So now we got Reason and Reason. Perfect. Perfect. Because there are two reasons. There are two. There's fake reasons and there's reason. Okay. So, let's go right into it. Because if we're all honest, they don't just exist. Fake reasons. I mean, there's a definite fake reason category. We can all be, you know, man enough, woman enough to to understand that. But if the world was only made up of fake reasons... Then mankind would have solved everything by now. If all it took was for you to be inspired to change and say to yourself, "Oh, stop lying to myself. I gotta like, I gotta get this thing done," then the we would be living very different lives. There are actually real reasons why we can't move forward. Moses couldn't simply just free the slaves and you can't just simply have the family that you want you can't just go oh yeah that's right i want my children to all love me and you, there there exists a category even though you might be faking some reasons there exists some realities in our life that prevent us from moving forward in fact a terrible price. You know, like we, we, we debated about whether to include the killing of children, you know, in the Easter, the plague thing. But we're like, biblically accurate. Let's be biblically accurate, right? We are today recognizing that Jesus Christ died on the cross as that sacrificial child. A big, terrible price was paid for us to have the Easter victory. And I think all of us living in today's generation, in today's post-COVID era, we, I feel like we all, especially in Melbourne, you know, we know, we understand this concept of paying a terrible price to deal with a problem. We, we get it, right? Because s- some problems don't just go away by imagination or correcting your fake thinking about it. Some require a big price to be paid. We also know sometimes that a problem can be too big for us to solve ourselves. Some problems, real problems, cannot just be simply explained away. You know, I, um, at some level, I feel like we've kind of given up on COVID, right? We're just like, okay, let's just live with it. If we could just solve it with our heads, I imagine we would all unitedly want to just solve it. Um, You know, if you look uh, at the book of Job, uh, which I've been reading, I know I've referenced this before, but I'm reading, you know, wisdom books this year. um, And and Job is asking God all these questions. Why Why are you doing this? And God's like, hey, I'm God. You are not God. And then God gives you these examples. He goes, can you control the weather? Do you rule over nature? Ah. Turns out after thousands of years of invention and innovation in humanity, we're still checking the weather every day because we have to order our lives around the weather, not the other way around. Turns out we're still dealing trying to manage biology and we're dealing with diseases and viruses and the death rate in our world is still sitting last time I checked at a hundred percent death rate so there are reasons real reasons that affect us there exist real reasons why we come forward and one of them one of them is we are only human. Right? We are only human. I'm not sure where you are in your life or where your understanding of the world and humanity is, but the Bible makes it very, very clear that we are quite limited. That there are problems with us, real problems with us as humans. Uh, one great example I love that Paul, Paul just gives is one example. There's many examples in the Bible, but here's one. Paul says, as he reflects on his own life, and you're talking about St. Paul. One of the, you know, he's got cathedrals after him, and like, this like writer of half the New Testament. And he goes, okay, if I'm really honest, I do not understand my own actions. For, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Me. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law, and that's good. So it is now no longer I who do it, but sin. There's something that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. He knows this. How does he know this? Because he's lived his life. He's been trying as hard as he can. That something dwells that is my flesh. For I have the desire, I want to do what is right. But I'm limited But I have not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Sin is a very real issue that we all, if we're honest... We all have to deal with, and it's not a fake reason. It affects every single one of us. And what is evident from the Easter message, what is evident from Christianity, why I've given my life to the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ, is because I've been convinced we need outside help. We need outside help. You're not that awesome. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. In fact, I'll go one step further. We need God. We need God. You know, the the story of the Passover, which is what was enacted in the skit. It's celebrated by Jews all around the world, right? It's part of world history of how the, the Jewish nation, you know, came out of slavery. Uh, it's actually based on a miracle. The parting of the Red Sea, right? In fact, several miracles. All of the plagues, there's miracles after miracles after miracles. How else would en- slaves be able to leave an entire nation? Their whole economy would be wrecked. I'll tell you how else it's done in world history. War. Civil war sometimes. We cannot do justice to Easter Sunday without calling it for what it is. I want to be really, really clear about this. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that requires God. When someone defeats death, you have passed one of these real reasons. You've crossed one of these things that limits every single human being, right? You're, like, it's not a fake reason. It's a real reason, a real obstacle. Uh, it says here, 1 Corinthians 15, 54 to 57. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. This saying that was said about Jesus, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of... The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I I hear sometimes that... um, people will say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's really fantastic. But actually, no real thing happened. Um, one of the things I like about Christianity and today, as we're celebrating Easter, is actually it's it's located in our real world. So we're talking about a story that you can actually go back and verify in real world history, right? And even though you might say, oh, you know, the accounts might be made up and whatever else it is, Uh, I I like this quote, actually, uh, by Alvin Schmidt. He's a historian, really recommend this book. Um, But he said, It is not respectful to present Christianity as just like a, a, a story, like a skit or a story devised by con men, ignoring the historical fact that all of these guys, with the exception of John, signed their testimony in blood. They were so committed to what they saw and how it affected their lives that they were prepared to die for it. It must be noted that the early Christians who were persecuted for three centuries, 300 years, so put our quarantine of two years in that context, who were persecuted for three centuries, never set out to change the world. They weren't starting a new kind of organization. They were not kicking off Coca-Cola or McDonald's. Or they were not. They were not. The changes just occurred largely as a byproduct of their transformed lives. That means whatever the reason was that were making them the old way, that reason shifted. And they changed their lives. Transformed lives. You know, the thing is, on Easter Sunday, I want to remind all of us that we all need a miracle in our lives. That we need God. That Jesus is actually the very reason for our transformation. You know, there's a trend. There's a trend now in Christianity and in, Christ- in Christian, modern Christian world where you'll, you'll hear pastors like me say, Christian principles are amazing. Oh yeah, follow the Christian way and you'll be like really good for life. Yeah, that's good. Uh, honestly, there are a lot of great things that I've learned growing up in church about Christianity and it's somewhat helpful. But when you take away the miraculous power of God, when you take God away, all you're left with is abilities to combat fake reasons. And we lack the ability to deal with some of the very real limitations of being an actual human being. Number one, namely upon that, is sin. The thing that we could not conquer. It's actually a miracle. That's why N.T. Wright says, the oddest thing about Christianity is that it got going at all. How how did Christianity even start? It, It literally required a miracle. It literally required a miracle. Uh, I look back at my own childhood life, and I see how God transformed me. And I know there's many of us here who have similar stories. I was the problematic child in the family, right? I was the one that my mom could not deal with. And through my encounter with God, this thing that even as a kid, I could not shake of my own self just disappeared. I can't even remember that day or that process. But you can talk to my mom and you can talk to my uncle who used to pastor this church, the founding pastor of this church. You can talk to my uncle to see what that transformation was like for me at age six, seven, eight. That's why uh, at FGA, if you come next week from next week all the way through to the end of March, we're going into this series called The Fear of the Lord, because God is so central. I can't persuade you enough that you need God in your life. You've come to church on Easter Sunday. It's not just to hear a story. It's not just to see a skit. It is to open the door for a real God to make a difference in your life. We need to revere God. That fear of the Lord means to put Him up in high reverence. You know, uh, as you know, we're a big fan of like our own artwork and uh, our own talent. I don't know if you know this, but Han Yu, who is leading the uh, choir, I asked her, like, turns out she's great at Chinese brush painting. Who would have known? And so I said, oh, yeah, we're going to Fear of the Lord series. Can you paint us something for our thing? And she painted this, right? It's inspired, so this would be the background for our, our new series, right? It's inspired by this image, of you zoom in, of a person who's up at the mountain who is... Uh, Revering God, praying to God up high where He is. We're aiming to talk about how we put God first. God first. You know, Proverbs um, 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. We need to put God front and center. Jesus can be your supernatural reason. He can be your help in time of need, and He can work an actual miracle in your life. And I'm not talking figurative miracles. We've got a lady in our church who gives a testimony about being healed from cancer. I've literally taken doctors to Philippines. Some of you are here, and we have seen people come in lame and walk out walking. John has got this video, I I was going to get him to send it to you, but too late. Of, you know, our doctors praying for a lady with a lump this size in our medical mission and that lump disappearing in front of our eyes. So I know God does miracles. He can work a miracle in your life. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came to give us this life. So, at the end of the day, as I finish off this message, you must ask yourself this question around Easter. It's not, do I like the Easter story? Do I think it makes sense? Do you like Christianity? Do you like the Bible? Do you believe in the Bible? I I don't even think, because you can believe things that are not true. Right? We were just talking about you can believe things that are not true. I think the question we all have to grapple with is is it true? Is Easter true? Because, oh my goodness, if Easter is true, this guy must be God. If Easter is true, my goodness, miracles can happen. If Easter is true, if God can save Moses and the Egyptians, which the Jews still celebrate till today. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, if this is true, that is an amazing reason for us to put our faith in Jesus Christ. It means that God is real, that God is powerful, that God can work miracles, and that God can be the outside help in your life. We're all here celebrating Easter, I think, because it's true. Because there is a God. There is a God who loves you. There is one who has won the victory. And here's the good thing. Today, we want to invite you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Because, you see, the resurrection... Easter, the original Easter, didn't happen yesterday. It actually happened many, many, many hundred thousands, couple thousand years ago. So we can see the effects of it. So if it's true, you should be able to see the effect of it. And so today I want to encourage you to hang around at FGA. After this service, which is ending right now, we've got 15 minutes to reset everything and then we're going to have food, we're going to have fellowship, Right? And you're going to eat, you're going to taste, right? But can I encourage you to hang around FJ. If you're visiting or if you're, if you're just kind of checking things out, checking Christianity out even, can I encourage you to talk to somebody whose life has been changed by Jesus Christ, who's had this outside help from God, who's transformed their life. In fact, I'm going to give everybody a job. While you're eating the free food, here's a question that I want you to think about asking Ed to break the ice. If you're sitting down with somebody, you don't really know them, you're around the table here, there's a free spot, you're just, okay, you know what, hey, uh, you know, in the sermon, uh, Pastor Chris said, hey, you know, why don't um, we go around and just ask people this? And this is the question. What's changed now that Jesus has come into your life? I'm willing to bet that you're gonna hear some amazing. I, I look around, I know the stories. I know Megan's story, Uncle Alan's story, I know Mayan's story, I know mine, I know so many. And I know if you would ask this question, they will give you a real answer. It's Jesus' day today, and Jesus should get the glory. So I want you to be able to hear some of these stories as you fellowship with us about the real wonder-working power of Jesus Christ. I feel like the best way to discover this real living God is through relationship. Not through fancy words or or, or some kind of argument or reason, but through something tangible that you can see and experience, a real relationship. Uh, After this, it's going to get a little bit chaotic. So I want to do this one, one appeal, if I could, just before we go. If you want to find out more about Christianity, if you want to give your life to Christ, if today you don't like the snapshot of where you are in life, and, and, and as I've been talking something's been prompting at you, I need some help, I need God. If you want somebody to pray for you, if you want us to talk to you about Christianity, or if you have for some reason decided that you want to give your life to Christ, my goodness, Easter Sunday is a good day to do it. Coming to church is a great way to do it. I'll be out here in the front. I want to encourage you while all the chaos is happening, just come up to the front. We'll sit with you, we'll pray with you, and we'd love to talk with you. We can do stuff after even. But today, for all of us, I'm going to close us with a benediction prayer from Hebrews 13 to 20, uh, verse 20 to 21, and then I'm going to ask Jordan to come up for some closing sort of instructions. But thank you so much for coming for today's Easter service. I'm going to pray for all of us this benediction that is in Hebrews. Now, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, may He equip you with everything good that you may be able to do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight through Christ Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever.